Welcome to Just Jay-Z. Each week, join your favorite hairdressing duo, Just Jesse and Stu Styles, as they talk salon life, hair hacks, traveling, lifestyle, and more. More. Welcome back to Just Jay-Z, you guys. It's Just Jesse And Stu Styles. We are recording from the cutest area today. You can watch it on my YouTube channel, but if you're just listening to us, I wish you could see it because it's amazing. I'm obsessed with our new podcast. Wait, what is it called? A setup. Setup. Our studio? Is it an official? I guess it's both. Whatever it is called. I'm obsessed. It's so cute. And I'm excited to be coming to you live for our first episode from the cute headquarters of Just Jay-Z. I feel way more confident having guests now because it just looks way better. Yeah, we're like, you can come on now. We have a cute setup. It's not a weird closet. It's not a closet anymore. But we kind of have like a little booth around us. And if you guys are interested, you can now listen to our episodes on my YouTube channel and watch it at the same time behind the scenes. And it's just super fun. So anyway, let's start talking about peaks and pits because I think that we just need to start our episodes this way. Let's talk about the good, the bad before we jump in. Let's talk peaks and pigs. My pit of the week is that Chris Harrison officially retired from The Bachelor and I'm devastated. Aww. I know it's been controversial and that's really not what it's about. Like everyone makes mistakes and I know he, you know, got what he deserved in a sense, but at the same time, I just like it's so weird and it's like the end of an era and I just am sad because I feel like the show's never going to be the same and it's just really weird. And I don't know, I'm just sad and you don't care because you don't like The Bachelor, but mm-hmm. I think it's sad. So that's my pit. My peak is that we finally got our neon sign for the podcast. So we have our cute little setup. It feels more official and we're going to be recording these for YouTube, like I said. And I'm just excited that the podcast is going to the next level. We met with our brand manager today and we kind of like solidified our new look. And we revamped the branding and we have an Instagram for the podcast now. Woo! Go follow our Instagram, Just Jay-Z Podcast. And I'm just excited because I feel like we're kind of like honing in on what the podcast is and what we want it to be. Yeah. Did I? I'd have to agree on the peak. My peak is going to be that we're making a lot of changes, like Jesse said, and I'm going to be working in the back more yeah. and less out on the salon floor, but I'm still going to be doing hair a few days a week. And especially a few our days sh- a week, one day a week. Um, <laughs> well, on Wednesdays. on Wednesdays and then Jesse and I will have our shadow days every other Friday. Yep. And I'm just excited about this change because I can focus more on like bringing good podcasts to you guys and our YouTube channels, doing content for that and planning to make our classes and like our after education for that, like super perfect and the best it can be. Yeah. So I'm excited about all the things that are coming up to the Jay-Z Styles family and to everyone who listens and comes to our classes. My pit, I don't even think I have one. Oh, maybe I do. Jesse said on that, she kind of threw me under the bus a few episodes ago that I've been dating a guy and he's awesome. But my pit is it's been, he's a really busy guy with his work and his life. And obviously I am too. If you keep up with us at all, you know, we're always out of town, always working. We're kind of a constantly workaholics. And one thing I really like about this guy is that he's the same way Mm -hmm. and he's like into his career, but it's so hard to find time. Because he's out of yeah. town or I'm out of Does town. He, doesn't he work like nights too? 
or something. No. Oh, he doesn't? I thought I heard you talking about that one time. No, I never oh. said that. Oh. No. I don't think I've ever dated a guy that worked nights. That would be awful. Yeah, so that would. Me come home and he would be gone. And so why then, why have you guys not coordinated? Is it just like not well, worked out? Well, he's been on a, out of town a lot and I'm out of town every other weekend. So I was like, I was out. The next weekend he was gone. Yeah. The next weekend I was gone. The next weekend he was gone. That makes sense. And then we had this past weekend where Becky Miller came. And so I don't, what did we do on Saturday? We, oh, you took the day off. Oh yeah. Yeah. Why didn't you hang out with him? Money. You went shopping. Oh yeah, we went shopping on we Saturday. Did? Oh, uh, we did. Kaylee's like, uh, you guys, <laughs> how are you forgetting? Uh, Michelle's not listening. <laughs> um, but we went, yeah, we went shopping. We kind of had like a day to ourselves. It was so nice. It was. Thank God good. you're keeping up with me, Kaylee. <laughs> thank um, God. Sunday we had the class, so yeah. he was able to hang out Sunday. That was we were going to do brunch, but I was like, I can't just fail on Becky's class. I'm so excited about it. And but the best thing, mm-hmm. a peak again bringing it back to a high point is that he is like so understanding he's like no i'm glad you're being responsible i wouldn't want you to like not go to the class just to come and get brunch it's fine we'll make time later that's good that's so good whatever i actually really love that because i feel like it's hard to find someone who a understands the lifestyle Mm -hmm. we have and b can keep up with it so good for him makes me happy so you guys today's episode is going to be dear jesse and Stu, and it's our very own advice column we did this once before it's been like a few months and we kind of wanted to do this every so often and just get questions from our listeners and our followers and give you guys the best advice we can and learn from our mistakes so you don't make the same ones and yes we are not qualified professionals by any means i don't think that we should be giving advice but here we go let's do it Uh, i'm excited i'll always watch I think I said this the last time we were talking about it, uh-huh. as I always like wanted to have my own advice column growing yeah, up. Yeah, you did. It was like one of my favorite things in the world was to watch Charmed, and one of the sisters oh, I was an advice columnist, and I was like, I've got to do it, and like I would dear make my Abby. own. Dear Phoebe. Oh, dear Abby's like the famous advice column. Oh, it was, it was no, it was asked Phoebe. Oh, asked Phoebe. Yeah. That's cute. Asked you. So, are you getting more like hair questions or more personal questions? Kind of a mix of both. Me too, but I actually got way more hair questions and I wasn't expecting that. Um, so the first question that I have is, I feel stuck and bored with my career in the hair world. What can I do to get excited again? I oh. think this is a good one because, listen, every hairstylist is going to have like stylist burnout. I yep. feel like I just went through a phase of that. I try not to let it get the best of me or get beat up, but we're spending like such long hours on the floor. Like we're on our feet. We don't really take like proper breaks or even get a lunch necessarily unless you're Jenna because Jenna always has a lunch. <laughs> she's out. smart. Yeah, she's a genius. But for the most part, I think the best way to get excited is to kind of like refresh on something or learn something new or to go to a class because I feel like that always ex- expires. Inspires. Inspires. Jesus Christ. It expires you. <laughs> if you're feeling expired, get inspired. That's a good way to That's our that. new motto. Um, because even like after just going to like not even our classes, but like throwing it back to the Becky class. Yeah. I went to that. I'm so ready to do some hair. Like before she even like finished oiling, I was like, I can't wait to try this out. I'm so excited for it. Like just one little like simple technique you learn in a class or just being around like stylists who are wanting to grow and wanting to further themselves and expand their knowledge. 
is really a good way to get excited, at least for me. Yeah. And to build upon that, I always feel like even like getting a new tool or watching Mm. a new video, it just gets you excited to try that out or, you know, re-inspires you like Stu was saying. So our biggest piece of advice is get out of your rut, try new things, learn new things. That's really the only way that you can get excited again. Something I will do too, that I just thought of is I'll go back to like last year or like even like a few months ago. And I'm like, Oh, this is some hair that I've done. And then I'm like, Whoa, I do that way better now. Or I like do it a different way. I found a way to do like the same amount of work, but like quicker by working harder, not smarter. Oh wait, by working smarter, not harder. Don't show me things like that. I gotta focus. It's 5.15. My eyebrows wearing off. Sue told me to work harder, not smarter. That's what I'm going to (laughs) do. You guys know what I meant. Okay. How to break up with a client in a nice way. This one's hard. Breakups are never fun. No, but they are necessary. (laughs) I think a big thing, like whenever we've had issues with clients at the salon is we always a first try to fix it at least once. If they give us Mm -hmm. the opportunity to, we always try to extend that. Okay. Like what can we do to fix this? We're never off the bat. Just like, well, sorry, you know, but there comes a point when either a stylist is trying to fix it and the client's not open to it, or maybe the client comes every time with a problem and you're just kind of getting to that point. It is okay to tell your client, you know, we've had this many appointments together. I feel like you're not happy. It's kind of draining me creatively as well. And it may just not be the right fit. That doesn't mean that I don't want to do your hair. It just means that maybe you're going to be happy in someone else's hands. And I can recommend you to some people, but I think wording it that way, where it's like professional, but you're kind of telling them how it is, is probably the best way to go about it. You know, I think it's all about how you handle it. I feel like it's a very scary can of worms to open and try to like, whenever I think about opening that can of worms, I just imagine like the dirt and the worms, like all over the floor. It's a mess. Like I don't want to like dabble in that, but honestly just having open communication and just being like respectful about it. It's definitely happened like to me before, like it's happened to everyone and it's not worth at the end of the day, one awkward conversation that you're not going to have to have again, hopefully with that same person is easier than like every six to eight weeks when they're coming in, you dreading it the day before. Yeah. And maybe they're feeling the same way and that they don't know how to break up with you. And you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And you can just say, it's not me. It's you. (laughs) (laughs) It's not you. It's me. But also I kind of think that goes hand in hand. If you're a client that wants to break up with your stylist, Mm -hmm. it's the same thing. It's okay. If they're not giving you what you want and you're not happy, it's okay, but just do it in a respectful way. Just like, Hey, this isn't the right fit. And I hope there's no hard feelings. And I think as long as it's handled, okay. Yeah. You don't even have to have a conversation. Just be like, I'll let you know when I'm going to book my next one. And just don't ever book again. If you're, that's better than just having an appointment and then being like canceling right before or not showing up. Yeah. Cause I know for me, like if I have a client that just doesn't rebook and I haven't seen them for a few months, I, if, unless they're a really good client, I probably wouldn't reach out and be like, Hey, like, cause I know that like, Hey, if they didn't rebook, there's probably a reason, you yeah. know? So it's like, that's a way to and do it. Honestly, you get so busy as a yeah, you forget. Over time. You, you kind of forget about people who don't come back ever so often, but yeah. So it's not going to be the end. I always say like, try to close the door, but don't put the lock on it. Whenever it comes to awkward conversations, it's like, it's not a good fit for us now, but maybe I'll be better at this. Like, like more dimensional looks or whatever it is. And then you can always come back if you want, go try it out. Go like, you have to like let a bird out of its nest and try to find its wings. Maybe they'll find someone they like, or they'll come back to you. It's like Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez. They dated what 15 years ago. 
Do either of you know what I'm talking about? You're both really young. It's probably not. Okay, good. They dated 15 years ago and now they have found their way back to each other. So you never know. Maybe it's just not the right timing. I miss A-Rod. I miss (laughs) A-Rod. I've heard that quote that's like, you know how you've heard that quote that's like, if you love someone, set them free. And if they come back, they were yours. If they didn't, Mm -hmm. they were never yours. There's like a quote that says like, if you love someone, set them free. And if you have to stalk them, they were never yours in the first place. (laughs) So do not stalk your clients on Instagram. I know it's tempting, but if someone leaves you, don't like torment yourself that way. Just move on and you will find better clients for yourself. Amen, sister. (laughs) Okay. Next up on the list is finding a good salon. How to, can you do a video on this? I just graduated from Aveda and I am stressing. Ooh, Aveda is hard because it's like, Aveda salons. Those are your options. (laughs) I actually went to an Aveda school as well. And my only job like in the salon doing hair was here at JC since then. And obviously we're not an Aveda salon. We use a lot of Redken and Goldwell. And I feel like that was a hard adjustment for me, but you kind of have to pick and choose your battles. Do I want to be comfortable in what I know? Or do I want to like go and branch out? For me, I definitely wanted to branch out and not be kind of like pigeonholed into the Aveda bubble, even though like, I think they have the best products. They have like really great things about them that I do like, Yeah. but I knew I wanted to do a lot more than that. And I feel like whenever it comes to looking for your salon, it's like, make sure that the vibe of it is like what you want to be a part of. Because whenever it comes to finding your salon home, it can be super, super hard. I will say, I think I got lucky. Not many people find a salon right out of school that they are going to be at. Yeah. I feel like even if you want to like, well, something I was doing whenever I was in Florida living before, like I knew I was moving to work for you. I went and shadowed a ton of salons just to make sure that I like the people there, the atmosphere, like how they like did everything, like their operations, like inside and outside. Like I assisted a little bit just to kind of get a feel of what it would be like to work there. And I feel like that was really beneficial for me. And you don't lose anything by shadowing. No. And I feel like you have to be picky. Like, yes, you may be interviewing at salons and you obviously the ball's not in your court if you're getting hired or not, but be just as picky when you're interviewing at places, almost like interview them back and like Mm -hmm. ask them questions about their you know, their community and their tribe and like the people that work there and the feel and the vibe and rules they have, because even if you get offered a job, maybe it's not a job you want, you know? So ask questions and just kind of feel it out and know that you could end up switching salons in a year or two or sooner. And that's okay as well. You know, I would say right out of school, try to find something that's more like commission-based than booth rent because then you don't have so much overhead. Like you get paid for what you do. You don't have to like pay to not have clients just because you can't fill those spots or anything. I feel like it's a safer way for sure. And it helps you build a clientele. Yeah. Because there are people calling the salon and they're trying to put them with, it's like, put them with a stylist as quick as possible because that's like how the salon makes money. Yeah. Instead of like a booth rent situation where it's like all up to you and you're on your own. And I would say just start small and build your way up. Don't overthink it. You got this, baby. It's so true. Okay. Hiring. The best way to find the best people. This is hard because I don't feel like there's a secret recipe for like, oh, I'm going to just hire all the best people in my town. You really have to focus on who you want your people to be, you know, like the type of person you want. What are you looking for? What are the most important qualities? 
We always say that you can teach someone hair, but you can't teach them how to be a good person or have good customer service. Those things are, you either have it or you don't. So when I'm interviewing for my salon, I always go off of like the vibe of someone, you know, how I feel like they're going to interact with clients. Customer service is huge. That's probably the biggest one. And obviously the skill needs to be there, but you can always expand upon that skill and teach them as long as you have a program in place for that or you are going to be training them. But yeah, don't you think like I go off of personality mostly? Yeah, I feel like I do too, because I feel like obviously if it's going to be for me, my situation, like hiring assistants, I'm going to work yeah. very closely with them. And I mean, I love that Becky's in her class. She's like, it's like hiring your new best friend. Yeah, and I'm like, really it's so is, true. Because I love those girls. Um, and they're with you all the time. They are. And, I, and they have to like kind of fill in for me whenever I'm not there. So I need to make sure that they can do that. And I feel like something else besides personality and like, customer service that I look for is someone who's like a self-starter and somebody that will not just like sit around there like ripping foils or like what do you need next kind of like what like someone that can kind of make the next move for Mm -hmm. me before I even know that I need to like that's a huge quality to look for I agree I think someone that just knows the next step and even if they don't know they just start sweeping or they start doing dishes they're not just standing there on their phones that'll get you uh, out the door real fast. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. And just kind of keep in mind that if you are a new salon owner, it may take years to build your dream team. And when you finally found that team, you're going to have turnover. It's inevitable in our industry. We had two girls of ours quit last week in the same week, but Mm -hmm. it just happens. And it wasn't anything bad. Once moving to Hawaii, we're freaking going to miss her. I'm so jealous. jealous. (laughs) So jealous. And then the other one has two kids and she's just wanting to be a stay-at-home mom now. So, you know, just know that things like that will always happen. So, you're always going to have turnover. And as long as the people you hire are people that make your other coworkers feel comfortable and your clients love them, that's really all you need to look for. But just know it's probably never going to be set. You're always going to have new people coming, people leaving. That's just kind of part of our industry. So here is a good one. And I kind of feel like it is a tough one. And someone wanted to know, how do you go about raising your prices? Mm. Every stylist dreads this. <laughs> it's definitely not fun to tell someone that you like, especially your clients you love, like I have to raise my prices, but it's always going to be like necessary for you. Like everyone gets raises yeah. at every job in the world. Even I'm sure the client who's sitting in your chair has gotten raises at their job if they are the working class, but your product goes up. You're, you like learn more techniques and you go to classes and you advance on your education. All of that stuff ain't cheap. And Good hair ain't cheap and cheap hair ain't good. And I feel like throughout time or like even throughout the year, you go to the grocery store, like freaking milk's probably more expensive. So like, I don't see why people have such a hard time with it relating that to like services that people provide. But It's because you make your own prices. So they're like, well, I know you can make it less. But it's like, you don't know everything behind the scenes. (laughs) I know, but it's like, it's honestly just not worth your time to come in and do discount work or like not to be too scared because the clients who are genuinely there for you and appreciate your skills and love you are going to stick with you. And if they're if you're too scared to raise your prices because of like a handful of clients, honestly, it's worth losing those because yes. they don't value you for who you are. And going back to being burnout, I think the quickest way to being burnout is going into the salon for discounted services or giving things away for free or not charging your worth. You're going to feel so resentful because you're constantly doing stuff like that. So just make sure you're charging your worth. You feel good about your price raises because then you're going to love going to work because you know you're you know, getting fulfillment and you're getting what you need, but then they're also getting your services, you know? And like Stu said, it's never going to be easy, but I do think it's something that maybe set a standard that like once a year, I'm going to raise my prices. And my clients always know it's at the beginning of the year. Mm -hmm. We kind of do that. Like it's always at the same time. And, and 
honestly, if you're going to a stylist that still has like a full highlight for $80, the same way they did 10 years ago, you're not going to be getting like the most up-to-date work. So (laughs) see a price increase as them learning more so that you can have better hair. Amen. Pay me more. I'll take your money now. (laughs) Okay. What is the best first move to make after getting your cosmetology license? This is a great one. Move to Utah like student. <laughs> Best move to make. Pack up everything you have and move across the country. <laughs> I think the assisting, like honestly. Ah, you took mine. I've never assisted, which is so funny. Like I never went through assisting because back when I graduated, it wasn't as big of a thing, but I've always had assistance. And I can tell you that you learn so much more. You get hands-on experience. You learn the ins and outs. You get to work with real clients and you get to experience real life salon work and I think it's just the biggest thing that can take your career to the next level, especially if you are assisting a stylist that you trust and you want to like, kind of like mimic their work and the way that they've done things. And then that's a great way to also, you know, build a clientele because if that stylist you're working with, you know, like Stu, for example, he's now going down in days and his assistants get to get some of his overflow clients mm-hmm. or the client in the chair will be like, I love you. You're the best assistant. I'm going to refer my friend to you or something like that. So I think that that's honestly what everyone should do out the gate. A hundred percent because you're getting paid to learn and well, it's so different in the salon than it is in beauty school. Oh yeah. Thank God I was an assistant to so many different people, but the thing you need to like make sure you're doing is whenever it becomes a point where you're looking to apply to be an assistant, don't just take any odd job either. Kind of yep. like we were talking about before. You want to make sure that whoever you are assisting does like the, and specializes in what you want to specialize in. For yep. me, I started out assisting someone who did like fashion colors and like really contrasted colors. And that's not something that I offer at all or like anything that I'm like good at, I would say. Yeah. I knew that I needed to make a switch because it wasn't benefiting me at all. So make sure the stylist is going to benefit you by you learning and kind of being the right-hand man by doing the techniques and specializing in the things you want to specialize into. So true. And I think most people have like a requirement of an assisting program. Like wasn't Becky saying in her class, it was like a year or two. It was two years. Two years. Like she's like, you have to promise me two years. And I'm like, that is so crazy. But you know, by the time those two years are done, imagine how much, you know, and like where you can take it. So I think that assisting is a hundred percent the best way to go. How to grow your social media slash Instagram platform as a stylist. This is a good one. Wow. I wish there was a secret sauce, but I would say the best tip Jessie has given me, because obviously she was like in the whole like influencing round before I was, is just to be consistent and always show up for your followers, no matter how big or how small they are. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if one person's liking your picture or replying to your story, or if it's a thousand, you just have to make it about those people and be interactive with them. Because over time, I feel like they would share like, Oh, well, this hairstylist always helps me with this, or this person always posts like extension. So you should go to them. And I feel like kind of like word of mouth gets around, not really on social media, but like when your friend group and stuff, because even the other night, I was like, who is your guys' favorite people to follow? And you were in a light sort of like, oh, follow this person. Follow oh, yeah. That person. We have the same people. Yeah. And I was like, what? I've never heard of these people, but I need to find them because it is like, a, it's a big area, like a big ocean that you're swimming in whenever yeah. you're on Instagram. It's going to be really hard for you to kind of stand out. But if you're being consistent and always showing up and always being interactive, I feel like it's a good way to kind of build your way up into gaining more followers or like to grow your clientele through that aspect as well. 
And keep in mind that Rome was not built in a day. So you're not going to start posting on Instagram and have overnight success. It's something you have to give your energy to, your attention to, and you have to be consistent because a lot of times people will ask me advice on this or how do I start a YouTube channel or an Instagram? And it's like consistency is key. You have to treat it like a full-time job. You have to constantly be thinking of content and captions and when you're going to post, being interactive on stories and you know, just making your audience want to learn more from you and not making it repetitive and also not being the same as every other person you're following. You know, we actually have a requirement for our education team that they have to like post X amount of times on Instagram and stuff like that. And I think for a lot of our girls, it was kind of hard in the beginning to like think that way. And even though for me and Stu, that's so second nature, but it's because we made it that way. Like in school, you started your Instagram and it you, yeah. you literally made it a job and now it's like that's part of your job you know it's just a, like a thing it's like i breathe without thinking i post without thinking exactly it just becomes a part of like your natural like instinct to do and like it is hard when you're in the salon is so overwhelmed and like running around like crazy to think like hold on i need to stop what i'm doing and take an instagram post it's, it's easy to be like throwing it to the side i feel like for and saying sure. like oh i don't have time for that because i need to start mixing up now i'm already running behind but honestly, just take the time to do it. It does not take that much time to no. do like stories and things like that. I would say your actual feed post, spend a little bit more time on that. But, but even snapping the photos and then editing later, thinking of mm-hmm. captions later, you know, I mean, it's just such a small thing to do. But if those are your goals, then that really can help take it to the next level. Like you guys all know I have everything I have because of Instagram and YouTube and social media. So it's really cool that that can literally transform your career if you put the work in. Exactly. Okay. Mine says how to start educating what following and demand should you have and what brands should you work with? This This is interesting. Yeah. And I feel like it'll be interesting to hear both of our perspectives on it, but I feel like it's not something that's easy to break into, especially now, like with Instagram and like how education is so huge in our industry. Now it's a little flooded, you know, and you have to stand out and make yourself unique. But I think the biggest thing I look for when I like follow educators or go to classes is finding someone who is very passionate about what they do and makes me excited to like do hair again, like we talked about. So we have Sarah May coming on the 27th to our salon. I'm so excited. And I'm so excited to learn from her because I've talked to her on the phone. She's so excited about what she does. And you can tell when you talk to her, when you follow her, you know that she's just trying to help and educate and be the best artist she can be. And in her classes, I was talking to her assistant a little bit about how she, you know, goes over the techniques she's doing with color, but she also kind of does some inspirational talk. And I'm excited to like learn from that. So I think that if you can be someone that is just genuine to who you are, people can tell you have a passion for what you're teaching and you just, you know, success will follow if you have that natural passion and you have to be a good teacher. You have to be good at talking to people and that can be hard to work through. But I think that, I mean, like that's who I would want to learn from. Something that's interesting to me is that I'll see people that I do follow and they're like, I went to this class. It was so amazing. And I'll click on the educator that they tagged and they they don't even have like that many followers or like that huge of a following because I feel like people associate like educating with that. But honestly, if you're a good educator, your work will speak for itself and like your word will get around your area. There's people here in Utah that have like a thousand followers and teach tons of classes all over at different salons and different places like that. So it doesn't really matter. Like, I feel like what following you have, because you can always build that as you're like transitioning into the education world. I agree. And I think that that's a big misconception that people make. Someone said to us, I can't remember if it was at a class or like in a DM we got, but they were like, 
you know, I came to one of your classes and it was so great. And it was just so awesome to see that you guys weren't just popular on Instagram. Like you actually had the education to back it up. And I was like, it's so interesting. Like, you know, like I think a lot of people actually get a little scared to go to a hair influencers class because it could be intimidating or they may think that we are, you know, stuck up because we have built a following. And mm-hmm. I think you've thought that about me when you first met yeah, me. I did. And so it's so like hard to know what you're getting into, but we try to make our classes relatable and we try to make our students feel like, you know, we're there for them. So I think that also makes a huge difference. And like Stu said, even if you have a smaller following start now, because you can build that with time. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Like how many people was at your first class you've ever done? Oh my gosh. I think like 20 20 and yeah. now, now like, it's like last class. time we went to nashville we did over 100 over like, 102 it's taken years to build that but Even, she started somewhere with what she had and she didn't like kind of like the amount of followers or anything kind of stand in her way and look at her now. Well, even like I sent you guys a photo yesterday. I was like, look, a year ago we were in Denver. It was our first class back after COVID. Mm -hmm. And it was just me, you, Addie and mom. And we had like smaller classes. I think there was like 20 people total, like 10 in each class. And now a year later, our team has grown to Jenna and Katie and multiple guest educators and 50 plus people per class. Like it's just crazy. So it's cool. Like hard work will get you there. It doesn't happen overnight, but we've just never stopped, you know, Mm -hmm. just put yourself in that role. You don't have to have a certain amount of followers or anything like that to kind of like be placed in that role. You just have to put yourself in that role yourself. Fake it till you make it. That's what I'm doing. (laughs) Oh, I think this is actually a really good one. It says this might be a very common question, but how do you try to stand out in such a saturated field? Oh, Honestly, the answer is easy, but it is kind of like an annoying answer because it's like so cliche, but just being yourself because there's like only one person can be you. I'm sure there's no other gay from Alabama that wears crazy pants and funky belts and like kind of dresses a little insane on Instagram that has like a little bit of a twang. Half the time you can't understand him that does hair and teaches hair extensions. I mean, we only have one of you here at Jay-Z. So. I, mean, I don't know anyone else that's like that, but I just had to embrace like who I was because mm-hmm. the more like people that follow you or the more you post and kind of like step into that like influencer kind of role, yeah. I feel like you do have to share more about you. And like, not that I, I love that part about it, but it's like, all I can be is myself. I can like try to like tone it down with my outfits or try to like act like this or act like I'm not like redneck at heart, but it is who I am. And I feel like people appreciate that when they get to know like genuinely who you are, because it's easy to like put on a front on social media, but whenever, let's say it does turn into like you having a following and you teaching classes, kind of like what we were talking about before. And then you show up at a class and they're like, who the hell are you? Like, that's not who I expected. That's not the guy that I follow. So you kind of just have to be yourself. And that's not even just like an influencing realm. I feel like that goes to like just building your clientele as well, yeah. because people get to know you online and it makes them feel more comfortable to come into a salon because it's going to be way less scary to come into a salon where you can kind of put like a picture or an Instagram name to a face. Yeah. If you have like a little about me post, then if you go into a salon, you're like, oh, I'm here to see Stu. I don't know who that is or what he looks like. But when you walk into a salon, you're like, okay, I know who I'm looking for. So I'm going to wait for my turn. I feel like that's a lot less intimidating. So just putting yourself out there. And it gives you something to talk about with your clients. Like Mm -hmm. if they start following you before their appointment, they could be like, how was your dog doing? I saw that on Instagram and it just starts building that rapport. But I think that Stu's right. And I think one of the biggest things we get from feedback in our classes is people are like, I just love how real you guys were, you know, Mm -hmm. like, yes, we have 
the business and everything we're doing is crazy and not many people are doing what we do. And so it's kind of cool because I think people get inspired by that. But at the same time, even though we are successful in a sense, we're still always working like we're not like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I don't think that we're ever anyone in our business is like, well, we've made it. We can sit back and, you know, we're above everyone else. We are constantly hustling like we are at the bottom. And I think that's what keeps it what it is. And even if we can buy a designer item here and there, we've worked freaking hard for that. And mm -hmm. I hope that doesn't make us unrelatable because I think that we still understand the everyday struggles a stylist can have because we've been there and sometimes we still are there. So I hope that we always have that like relatability. And I think that's why people, you know, come to our classes and like to talk to us and follow us is because they they can feel that connection. And I know for me, I can pick up on someone who I think is being genuine on Instagram or someone who's just trying to like be what's popular or cool. Yeah. And I would much rather follow someone who's genuinely themselves than someone who's trying to fit into the mold of what they think people want. And keep in mind that there's room for every type of person to follow. You know, you don't have to just follow one person on Instagram. Yeah. I can follow all different hairdressers and get different things from all of them. And that's the cool thing about our industry. So when you're making yourself, you know, try to stand out, whether you're trying to build a following or attract a clientele, just remember that you are going to attract your people. You will attract the people who want to learn from you and follow you and come to you. And when it comes to clients, there's enough heads of hair to go around. So we really don't need to be like worried about competition because there's <laughs> always someone else. <laughs> True that. Okay. My next one just says fillers slash cosmetic surgery. Oh, perfect. My favorite. <laughs> Our favorite subject. This isn't a question, but I guess we could give advice on it. Here's the thing. I feel like we do get a lot of crap. We do. Why but... do you do that? You're going to like, oh, you're not even old enough to do that. But anything that I'm doing is just preventative, like Botox and preventing wrinkles and fine lines yeah. and aging. And that's not, it's, no one wants to age. No one's like, oh, I can't wait for the day I have wrinkles or crow's feet. So exactly. why can't, if I'm in a position where I can like kind of, afford to prevent that now why can't why can't I do that what's yeah. wrong with it or if I want to make my lips bigger because I have no lips if I can afford a syringe filler to get stuck in there why not it's, it's more about like me trying to feel more confident about yeah. myself or like fixing little things that I kind of want to tweak or feel better about myself because honestly when you feel better about yourself you I feel like you perform better me and too. like you put in your hardest work because even like waking up and going to work if you get ready for it I feel like you work a lot harder you do you feel better about yourself don't look at me today but <laughs> I know we look almost today but no I think that there's a common misconception with people that get work done or get fillers and Botox and all this that you're you know sending a message that everyone needs to do that or that you're fixing natural beauty and that's not what it is at all I think it should be a personal choice I think that if you want to get it go ahead and get it if it's going to make you more confident and make you feel better. But if you don't want it or you don't need it, which many people don't need it, don't do it. You know, like that's how I feel. And I feel like we are never going to tell people like, you need this, you need to get this. Mm -hmm. It's just what we feel like we need. And, you know, it's just something that we do to make ourselves feel better. And honestly, you guys believe it too, because I've gotten so many messages lately that people are like, wow, Stu's really transformed lately. <laughs> We're like, oh, are you saying he wasn't cute a year ago? I wasn't. No, you were. But it's funny but, that like people notice. <laughs> but even like something like outside of like, I guess, cosmetics that I had done. Like I lost a lot of weight last year too. Yeah, you gained and, and lost. I gained a lot of weight with Jesse's pregnancy and I lost a lot of weight with her pregnancy yeah. or post-pregnancy. But that's something I did to make me feel better about myself. There's nothing wrong with that. And it's no. kind of the same thing. Like certain people want to lose weight with certain people want bigger lips. Yeah. And it's the same reason that girls 
color their hair or get extensions, you know, like there's so many things that we can do to just make ourselves feel and look better. And like, why not? And if you don't want to do any of that either, that's amazing. You know, like I'm never going to be like, Oh, you don't get Botox or extensions. That's crazy. You know, but I just think it's kind of the way the world is now. These things are available to us. And, you know, I think that I just, I don't know. I would never shame anyone unless it was like, Heidi Montag who got 10 plastic surgeries in one day and like almost died on the operating table. I feel like that's the only extreme. Do you remember that? Oh, so terrible. And she even like says she regrets it now, but I think that unless you're doing something like that, where you're literally like risking your life and going crazy, then you do you, you know, whatever's going to make you feel better. If you're doing it for yourself, that's fine. As long as you're not doing it for other people. Amen. And since I'm not doing it for other people, I really don't care if you like it or not. I like it. I like waking up and looking at myself in the mirror with a little bit of a higher, more defined cheek and like a little bit of chin poking out like a crimson chin and like <laughs> a, a lot I don't know how a fuller chin that's yeah. more symmetrical honestly it's just day. less sleepless day today because you're not know. ready today but you look awesome because of all your stuff you've had done so oh god this time last year I would not have been <laughs> I don't know I think that there's nothing wrong with it there's not no but if you disagree that's all right too All right. So let us know if you guys enjoyed this episode. I had fun just chit-chatting and answering your questions. And we are always open to doing a little advice column for you guys. You can always find us on Instagram too, if you want to ask us questions. We're there to chat. Stu, you should talk about how they should leave us a review. Well, I only take certain ones. Oh, he's picky. I'm really picky, guys. I'm picky with who does my lift. (laughs) I'm picky with who assists me, kind of like we were talking about. I'm picky with what jobs I'll take on here with Jesse. <laughs> um, I thought I'm not doing that. But something I'm yes really one? picky about is wanting you guys to leave your honest opinions down below. As long as they're five-star opinions. Uh, uh, yeah, as long as <laughs> I'm picky about them. I don't want anything less than a five-star. We really would appreciate it if you guys would give us a little bit of feedback and share some love on our podcast because the reviews really do help us make a better podcast for you. Uh, and... So while you're leaving a review, don't forget to download this episode as well. Subscribe so you're notified when we release new episodes. New episodes every Tuesday. See you next Tuesday. (laughs) We need to have a theme song that we sing. My dream is the Anna Nicole Smith song. What is it? It's like Anna, 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 Anna Nicole. Oh, (laughs) my dream is it's Jess. What's that song from New Girl? Hey, (laughs) what you do? It used to be my ringtone for the longest time. It's Jess. It's Jess and Stu. We should do a contest and someone like we should do like a you write like a song for our podcast or something. And if we choose yours, then you win. We'll fly you out. <laughs> Which reminds me, you guys go follow our Instagram. I already said this, but just Jay Z podcast. We are going to be doing a giveaway soon mm-hmm. where when we reach like a certain amount of followers, we're going to give some stuff away and maybe bring the winner on our podcast. It's fun. So go follow. We want to build that page up. We're going to be posting all the podcast updates there and give you guys like behind the scenes and all that fun stuff. So. And you'll just be up to date with everything just Jay-Z. So what's better than that? Exactly. All right. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Don't forget to download, review, rate the podcast and subscribe. You can also find all of our information in the show notes below. Go follow us on Instagram. Give us some love and we will see you next time. Goodbye. I love you. And I'll be thinking about you whenever you're leaving us that five-star review and giving us that download. Stu's going to be like constantly going through our reviews now. Like, did they do it? (laughs) What did they, what, there was a review one time and you were like, 
so loved her sober review. And it was like, this isn't the stew show. We want to hear from Jesse. <laughs> like we're literally co-hosts. <laughs> we're equal. Stu is Jesse in this situation. Get it right. All right. Bye guys. <laughs> Thanks for joining us over here at just Jay-Z. Just Jay-Z. Just Jay-Z. Catch new episodes every Tuesday on Apple podcasts and Spotify.